Welcome aboard. Please keep all hands, arms, legs, and feet inside at all times. Podcast, you are all clear. Today we're talking about Spaceship Earth. Woo! Woo! Wait, you talking about that big ball? The mm-hmm. golf ball? The yep. golf ball. Yep. What, what, yeah, what are some different things we've heard that called? Like, I've heard golf ball. Definitely golf ball. It's the ultimate dad joke. The giant spaceship. The giant which, spaceship. Which, which they're close. They're really close. Sort of. <laughs> I've never heard anyone just call it the spaceship. But that it doesn't look like any, like, human spaceship shape. It's not aerodynamic. Right. No. Well, it's more like a Death Star type. Correct. Yeah. Has anyone ever t- called it the Death Star? You know, now that I said that out loud, I think I have heard Death Star as well, a description. I mean, I don't know when we're going to get to it, but they've done so many cool promotional things where they project stuff on it. And one time they did do the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so pretty neat. That's why. That is true. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I think it's because it's like such a weird thing that people don't know how to, or they call it the Epcot ball. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just don't know what to call it when they see it, which is kind of cool. It's officially called the geodesic sphere. Ooh. Boring. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> but I... <laughs> It's interesting, though, because I think some we and I'm definitely guilty of this as well. We I use the wrong like geometric. <laughs> I think there's like a, um, a like an urge to call it like a dome. But a dome is not circular. It's not a sphere. It's right. only it's like half of a um, of a sphere. But Which that is, funny is inspiration. There is a park and I can't remember the name of it, but there's a park where they have a they have like a dome version of spaceship earth i think it's like a it's definitely a ripoff of disney because there's other things at this particular park that are similar (laughs) oh my god like what like Uh, it's a it's a big world well they had like the they had like a castle and they had i wish i could i remember seeing pictures of it and i can't remember what it was called or where it was so i'm I'm giving a lot of great information right now yeah it's so it's so good (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah it's great there's There's that church nearby like um in central florida by the beach that is like bronze but it has the same like it's a dome and it's bronze and it looks just like the epcot ball and i remember driving by it a few times when i was younger thinking like we were at epcot and getting so mad that like we never were but i Um, saw it i got so confused as a kid what's another fun fact i think maybe the most fun fact about spaceship earth is that the name Spaceship Earth is both the name of the icon and the name of the attraction inside of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which sounds really obvious, but a opposite example of that is the Tree of Life is the icon in Animal Kingdom, and inside of it, the attraction is called It's Tough to Be a Bug. Or like the great movie ride in the Chinese theater. Exactly. Or Minnie Mickey Runaway Railroad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Cinderella Castle and... The Cinderella's Royal Table, Bibbidi Bop Boutique. So I think that's kind of a fun fact about it. Um, but it makes sense in its entity. It makes a lot of sense. Like let's let's walk towards Spaceship Earth. Let's ride Spaceship Earth. Like it it fits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not weird at all. Even though it's the only icon that um, is is that way. Do you guys know any other fun facts about Spaceship Earth? Oh, I used to know the number of tiles, and I can't remember. It was like some yeah, ridiculous make it up. number. Uh, you know, 47,924. 
Nice. Tiles. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't it also self-cleaning with the oh, yes. humidity and the dew on it? Because it'll, um, I guess it'll what have water and then it'll all run off of it. So it kind of self-cleans itself. Yeah, mm. they, they were made so that way when it rained, um, which it does a lot in Florida, right? it would help maintain the cleanliness of it. However, it does get dirty. I remember this was, okay, so I guess I should mention I have worked at Spaceship Earth. Surprise. Um, oh. I know. <laughs> um, and I worked I worked at Epcot for actually quite a long time during my, my tenure there. 29 years. Uh, 143 <laughs> Months. Months. Um, remember, I'm sp- I'm speaking in baby now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was a time where I would where I would be walking around and I'd look at kind of like almost like the backside of Spaceship Earth, mm-hmm. if you're in the park, you know, looking at it. And I remember seeing like these these dark, you know, stuff on the the tiles. And sure enough, they had to do a real deep clean, uh, which I guess they don't do very often. But they had the guys suspended from the you know, basically, it was almost like you were, um, you know, how when you like climb in the side of a mountain, and you have the 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 ropes and the oh, like rappelling. Oh yeah, like rappelling. So they had to rappel down the side and wow, do some pressure washing and stuff like that to get off the the stuff that apparently had stuck to the uh, self cleaning <laughs> material. Ooh. I also um, this is one of those. There's a lot of like. Um, I don't want to call them like urban legends because I think they're factual, but just like you pick up these Disney fun facts through a number of different things. Maybe um, one of your nerdy friends told you this or you read it on Instagram or some sort of fun. It was on the Travel Channel. And I remember hearing once that um, aerodynamically Spaceship Earth is built so that there aren't super intense and like dangerous wind tunnels underneath it because the way... The way it could go is that it could create a wind tunnel underneath and like people would blow over and blow away and stuff and they did some things to make sure that didn't happen. It's funny. Is that true? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because that breezeway uh, is breezy. It, it is intense. It can it feel is, like yeah. hurricane wind sometimes when you're right. standing there. So uh, whatever they did, if they reduced it, good grief. <laughs> right. I no, and I, I think <laughs> I think that is the fun fact because it was it was like remember how nice and breezy it is under Spaceship Earth, or how like <laughs> awkward it is when it rains and it's just like sideways rain all of a sudden. Um, it's like that could be a lot worse. I feel like that was the fun fact. And it's interesting the way those tiles, I wish I knew a little bit more about the architecture of it, but I know that, you know, we have another example of kind of like Expedition Everest where we have a ride within a building. Uh, mm. So they're like building two of these things within each other. Um, but I remember I kind of got a little bit of a, not kind of, we'll call it a behind the scenes tour. And we got to a point where you could actually see out from the building through the tiles because there's like a what? little bit of a gap between the tiles oh. how, however they do it um and that was that kind of blew my mind because i thought oh these are all connected and they're closed off and yeah but there's like a little bit of a gap between them so you can actually see through out uh of it and then there's a again a, no, a whole other layer of building behind the tiles mm-hmm. that makes up the structure of the building and then of course you've got the ride inside of it to clarify, we could actually have a whole episode probably on like Spaceship Earth, the structure, the icon, the construction, the whole thing. 
But I'm tonight, sure. we're talking about mostly Spaceship Earth, the attraction inside. Ooh. Which, man, ugh, what a classic attraction that has also evolved a handful of times, which, you know... I can't, you can't say that for a lot of attractions. Maybe they've gone through refurbishments, but this, there have been several entire versions of this ride, which I think is pretty impressive. Yeah, they don't do that often. Mm-hmm. No, every version's considered a classic. I don't feel like there is one right. that people don't love, really. This one's just great because it kind of fits with the theme of like, well, we got to update it because time, you know, like things have updated and, and they bring newer things in to to up I, I know it's just a cool i i think it's great that they keep doing that uh-huh i agree yeah like test track's probably the only other attraction that i can think of that like kept the same ride but updated it to just be right more current. Mm-hmm. right i miss the test dummies i'm just gonna say that Ugh. one day so. we'll discuss it one day yes. we'll discuss it it's also interesting because I feel, and I've never, this might be a part of aging, but I've never considered myself like an older Disney fan. But there are a lot of people I know that when we discuss Disney things, they don't know any other version of Spaceship Earth than the current version or wow, the almost near current version of the, the Dame Judy Dench version. And I just, and I, it's a, such a good version. I don't even have anything negative to say about it, but I'm like, you guys, there is a whole a world of versions of this that you may not know about. So let me talk about it. Yeah, tell us about it, Molly. <laughs> which, before we start, can you, yeah. which ones did you guys first, like what, well, do it by like narrator. Which version was your first? So I I guess I, I personally have probably only seen two versions of it. So I've definitely seen the Jeremy Irons version and then the Judy Dench version. If we're talking narrators, which helps kind of um, lock in the timelines. Yeah, most people probably know it by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, same for me. I don't, if I did write it before, I certainly don't remember it before right. Jeremy Irons. That's cool. Okay, so then that's me too. So I feel like we're all kind of in that, most people are probably in that same boat because mm-hmm. I'm sure as we're going to hear, probably years, the majority of people that have gone fall into that like, I, Jeremy Irons or Judy Dench uh, time mm-hmm. frame. Or if you're, I'd say if you're um, younger than 40 years old, you've probably only experienced those two versions that you have a memory of is maybe right. a good way to think about it. Um, well, let's mm-hmm. talk about, and, and so again, there's several different versions um, and kind of mini refurbishments and then these larger refurbishments that swap out um, not only scenes and technology and effects, but most kind of uh, prominently or most uh, clear in your memory would be um, the musical score and the narrators. So keep that in mind. This attraction, Spaceship Earth, opened with the park, opening day attraction, as as logically makes sense, um, (laughs) on October 1st, 1982. And sometimes I forget, Epcot is old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was a long time ago. And the very first, so this is actually right off the bat, we got some controversy here. The first narrator is listed in a lot of different sources and most sources as Lawrence Dobkin, who was a pretty famous actor. Yeah, at the time. Um, And Disney trivia also served as the narrator for the Hall of Presidents from 1971 to 1993. And he would come back and re-record that every time there was a new president or every time they made changes to Hall of Presidents. So, you know, a Disney voice guy. Disney tends to do that. However, you guys, 
This is debated online. Some people say it wasn't Lawrence Dobkin. It was someone else. And honest to goodness, I don't have like an official Disney stance on it. So I can't confidently say either way, like who was the original narrator. Because there's there's just been a lot of like disagreement, you know, so I don't know. Weird. But interesting. And if you go back online and look for like original videos or original audio of Spaceship Earth, you can find pretty decent audio if you wanted to listen to this original version. But I'll be honest, the video's tough because it's just so old and grainy and it has been converted so many times that it's pretty hard to see. The biggest difference is actually that very first scene. You know the um, ascent hill, right? When you're going kind of the first thing you do when you start the ride? Mm-hmm. And how it's all, however I would ever remember it, is just like twinkly lights, you know, like space. Originally, it was like very dense, thick fog, kind of creepy, as if you're going back in time. It was a little bit more time travel-y. Oh, right. Uh That's what I was thinking, like kind of cool. And the music itself, the score of this attraction has changed a lot over the years as well. And the older versions were a lot more... What's a right word here? Like maybe somber. They felt very serious. So it is a little creepy, these, uh, you know, original scene in the original version. So, so um, yeah. I did find, I found this note. So I went to the Wikipedia of Lawrence Dobkin mm. and there's just a note here. There's no citation, so we can't confirm it, but it says, it does say, you know, he was the uh, narrator. But then there's a thing that says Disney Imagineer Marty Scalar did an interview saying that he didn't understand why everyone said the narrator was Vic Perrin, which is oh, interesting. Yeah, but there's no, there's no, nothing that like says where that interview quote comes from. So this again could be part of the whole nobody knows. Could be a hoax. Yeah, like no one is, a, no one at Disney is officially saying that. Right, right. Well, Maybe it's well, somewhere in a book or something, but. Sorry, not referenced I, um, here. Yeah, sorry, I d- I'm kind of pouring a little, um, like, gas on this <laughs> conspiracy theory. Right, but I refuse yeah. to confidently say it was hosted by, um, what's his name? Lawrence. Dobkin. Hmm. See, the original sponsor of the attraction was Bell Systems, which <laughs> is like a telecommunications company at the time. Yeah, what did Bell turn into, though? Because it was... Gosh, I feel like they. I been think it's through. AT&T now, honestly. I think, it, yeah, AT&T ended up buying, I think. But I feel like it's gone through other names, right? Yeah. Well, I remember having Bell when we, like, I mean, back in the day. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It bought AT&T. Or a, it was, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was helpful, huh? Thank the- you. <laughs> oh, yeah, it turned into Bell South. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. Continue. No, no, thank you. And I, I so um, AT&T, Bell Systems was the first one, and then AT&T later was a, an official sponsor. So I guess whatever version of that company, whether it is the same company or different company or some weird version of that. Um, but the overall theme of the pavilion was always going to be communications, people and communications. Theme itself of the ride is the history of human communication, which hmm. like... Again, we always like to go to this like blue sky board meeting room. That sounds awful as a concept yeah. for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> they made it way more entertaining than it sounds. Correct. But like it also all, is that. 
It's so funny, though, because all of these other um, old school original Epcot pavilions sound way more exciting. It's like, we're going to explore the seas and we're going to do space and all the different versions of energy and all these rides are all these original attractions no longer exist. But the one that does is like the brief history of human communication. (laughs) It's just that's awesome. Good for them. And the title seems a little misleading, right? When I hear Spaceship Earth, I'm like, ooh, space? Like, ooh, a fun, mm-hmm. like, outer space ride? Nope. Communication. It yeah. took me years to understand it. Like, to the point where, like, when Jeremy Irons at the end says, like, this, our Spaceship Earth, is still one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. a Disney attraction. But it took until Judy Dench said it for me to go, oh, my God, we're all <laughs> on a spaceship, and Earth is that spaceship. <laughs> Yeah, like it was real dumb. The reason it's called Spaceship Earth is actually because the very famous science fiction author Ray Bradbury wrote the original concept script, and that's a that's a line of his. Hmm. Oh, that is very interesting. So it's kind of like a lyrical, almost l- literary feeling term, and that's because it is. We can kind of talk about the scenes as we you know a little bit further as we go but um one of the key standout versions of this original version of um are the yeah the original spaceship earth was um at the very end of the attraction you get off your ride vehicle and you go into this like open area still exists today it's kind of like a post show area and the original exit area was called earth station and what's really cool about it is you could make dining reservations. Almost exclusively what you could do there is make dining reservations at these little phone booths with touch screens. So you could like explore dining options in Walt Disney World or maybe just Epcot. And then there were little phones you could pick up and there was an operator on the other end and you could make dining reservations. Do you remember, I don't know, I'd love to know a little bit more about these because I know that they used to have them over by uh, where Guest Relations is. There's a whole like wall where they used to have those similar like interactive pick up a phone, talk to somebody like through a video camera type thing. Did you guys ever see those? No. And if I did, I don't, that didn't like, it's not popping out in my memory. Yeah, it was something they did for a while and I don't know how long it lasted, but I wonder if... There was ever a move of like they took it from Spaceship Earth to then moved it over to the wall by guest relations and and then finally just got rid of them. I don't know. But I guess they were using telecommunications, right? The phones and touch the touch screens also feel very like futuristic. I bet that was amazing. Like mind right. blowing. And then they had monitors kind of all over that were playing basically loops of commercials for other um, Epcot pavilions at the time. So that's pretty cool too. The little little synergy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interestingly enough, though, the very next version was actually in 1986. So four years later, not very many years later. And the biggest change again was the narrator. This time was Walter Cronkite, who is a very famous journalist, news news anchor, especially at the mm-hmm. time, kind of all over. Mm-hmm. Well, it, what's interesting about that is like he's obviously he's still with the attraction because of his... Um, landing on the moon Ooh, is that uh, him? clip that's him that's his oh, voice yeah that's pretty cool i did not know where you were going yeah there. i thought you were going to be like what do you mean he's is this like haunted mansion like <laughs> yeah, ashes he's a ghost style? yeah he's a he's a ghost <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't hear him uh what? grim grim ghost that's the segment they use in that that scene so like it's kind of cool oh I, I wonder now like 
with the with the newest refurbishment, will he still be a part of the attraction, or will he finally be removed oh, after I this last so. change? Yeah. Wait, Kinda what neat. do you hope, Cheryl? That he'll remain or he'll be replaced? <laughs> oh, that he stay. I mean, I, who knows what like the new version is going to be? But if it has the ability to go back in time and keep part of him in there, I'd say do that would it. be amazing. Yeah, that should that should have been something they did. Like every narrator should be kept somehow. Like just a little snippet of something. They they really missed out here. Come on, Lion guys. Lion King on the screen. That's easy enough. And then Molly wouldn't have to worry about this whole conspiracy of who actually narrated it. You're right. Be in right. The ride. Well, and now we know why they haven't paid tribute to all the hosts because they refuse mm. to confirm who was the first <laughs> narrator. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It um. Is. Other big changes in 1986, they replaced that fog at the beginning and did more of that like star tunnel that we recognize today. There also was the ending of the attraction introduced the um, pretty Epcot famous song, Tomorrow's Child. Are you guys familiar with this one? No. It's a creepy one. Tomorrow's Child. It's kind of a creepy song. I don't think I've heard that. Oh, I'm going to sing it right now. Oh, (laughs) God. No, it's uh, I'll I'll send it to you guys and we'll post it because it's uh, you've definitely heard it if you've ever heard like I think it's on. Do you do you guys ever own or listen to the like Epcot Park soundtrack? Yes. Oh yes. I think it's on there. Oh. But it kind of brought a little bit more like sentiment to the theme of history of communications to say like we're all in this together. Kind of kind of a sweet little moment at the end and um. The scene itself with, that goes to the music was just like projections of children playing and multiculturalness. And, you know, it's pretty nice for 1986. So, sure. That's a thing. Let's see. So the other uh, the other small differences is um, some kind of unexplained animatronics were either removed or moved around. Um Meaning, like, there's no no documented reason why, like, two animatronics were just, like, moved, like, removed completely. I guess they didn't work, right? But just, like, very subtle changes scene by scene sometimes. So that was interesting. The other change here in 1986. Oh, AT&T became the official sponsor at that point as well. Ah. Because they change their names. Exactly. So I, at the end of the day, I don't know like the business documents there, but whether it was essentially the same sponsor or not, it was basically sure. the same sponsor. Okay, so the next big refurbishment came in 1994, which thinking about it, you know, that wasn't that many years after the Walter Cronkite version. Disney just like moved a lot more quickly back then, I guess. I don't know. Technology did too, though. I get, yeah, that's a good point. They yeah. had money to spend. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it was the booming economy of the 90s. I get it. Right, right. <laughs> so the next version in 1994 brought a new narrator, Mr. Um, Jeremy Irons, who was famous that same year for voicing Scar from The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking, like, tone and of the ride and the whole experience, this is definitely my favorite version of Spaceship Earth. Agreed. Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's something really that I like a lot about it. And I think it definitely is. I think Jeremy Irons was a great narrator, but also the music of this particular mm-hmm. version is mm-hmm. pretty cool. really really nice. Yeah, 
Um, other big changes to 1994, they removed uh, and or replaced or added a ton of new scenes at the edge of end of the ride. The original in 1986 version, the one of the last like technology scenes was just two people on a computer. That was current at the time, but if we were... <laughs> right. So what they added in 1994 version was um, kind of a look into the future of what they thought technology could do. And it's funny because it's, you know, it's pretty accurate. Essentially, these kids are on like a video chat talking to each other, which is, we do that, I mean, especially right now, (laughs) or recently, we've taken full advantage of video chats, right? FaceTimes and Hangouts Mm -hmm. and Zoom calls and stuff. So um, it was interesting. And the point of the scene was to make it, show how small the world is, right? That you could communicate across the world. You could have friends as children across the world. So it was really cool. I definitely remember seeing that as a kid and thinking, oh my gosh, how cool would it be if you could call your friends on on live video? I thought that was really cool. And just in your home, right? Not like some big fancy schmancy business thing. Like just, oh, just casually calling your friends. I thought that was really cool. So and here we are. <laughs> Living my dream. We did it. We did it. Mission accomplished. (laughs) And then there were a lot of other uh, scenes added to the end, a lot of fiber optics. We can talk about that a little bit later, too. But yeah, so cool. Oh, they changed the that ending room, the like post show experience to it was called uh, the Global Neighborhood. And it was more of like a very, very interactive post-show experience with lots of different activities that you could partake in that were pretty cool i mean i think we definitely spent some time in there as kids Mm -hmm. yeah same it's funny because like i feel like that that post-show for a bit felt futuristic but then as anything anything in this world goes like like when you buy a new computer it's already outdated right like after a few years i felt like oh this is starting to feel dated you know well, and I just think exhibits like that have a lot of wear and tear, and they show mm-hmm. their age pretty quickly as well. Anything that's supposed to be like, oh, it's a touch screen, like those wear down pretty quickly. So, yeah, for sure. I remember there was a th- like you could call, pick up a phone, and oh, I wish I could remember some of the things the the interactive exhibits they had in that post show. Yeah, I don't remember any. I, it's funny. I feel like I remember. I remember when I was getting trained. My trainer had been there since the beginning of time and was like telling me, oh, this is where the such and such used to be or and I would now at that time I was like, I don't care about all this stuff. Like, I don't care about what used to be here. And now I wish I had paid attention. (laughs) I know. I wish you would have, too. Right. Is that person still at Spaceship Earth, do you think? I'm trying to remember. I know my one trainer's not there anymore because he went he moved on. But there's there's a handful of people that are still there that have been there for a very long time. I think I would be really good at it. I'm really good at walking on like an Omnimover track. I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. It's good exercise. It is good exercise. Easy on the knees. <laughs> um, one of the, sorry, one of the key parts of the 1994 version was the, your descent, your way back down, kind of when you're leaning backwards. Do you guys remember the like diorama scenes? So they weren't animatronics, they weren't moving, but it was like different scenes of like um, mannequins, basically, but there was a voiceover of what was going on. And one was like, a kid was like, when's my baby brother gonna get here? And then the doctor's like, you mean your baby sister? And I was was like, what did she see? (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know, 90s boy. I don't know. It's pretty bad. <laughs> all I remember at the end was the all the freaking lights. Like oh, the, uh, so good. The fiber optic lights. And then I remember the spaceship Earth like the, that just hung there. I also remember there was a big almost like city scene where like those fiber optics, like you're saying, the kind of like chasing fiber optics. And it was like this beautiful mm-hmm. part in the song. I loved that part. Yeah, the and music it, was great. It was so good. It was like very inspiring, even to a little kid. Like, what did I have to be inspired about? I was a kid, like you're evergreen kind of, you know, but yeah, um, I remember loving it so much at seven. Oh, I found it. Okay. I was looking at the video because I was like, I know it was here somewhere. So it's like as the basically what's happening is those fiber optic lights are creating that like trail mm-hmm. that are just going down and then what yeah. happens is it does a little like loop around the little model of spaceship earth uh-huh. and that's kind of where the light trail ends so it's right down towards the bottom yeah ni- 1994 version is definitely i think my standout favorite and i didn't i don't think i remember how different it was from our the judy dench version until i started Mm -hmm. digging into it and then i was it was clear like oh yeah that was definitely my favorite even though i absolutely love the judy dench version of it so just again interesting how this ride has changed so much and every version is great and every version is like beloved by that own generation so it's interesting in that way um which i guess leads us to the 2007 version of this attraction or early 2008 possibly i think it opened with um dame judy dench as the new narrator nice to have a woman in there i think that's mm-hmm. nice she has a fantastic voice it is interesting though because wait is jeremy irons english he's got an accent yeah or he's just can't, or can't just fan, or just like fancy fancy voice. like your accent earlier <laughs> or it's like it's it's kind of like fraser crane like he doesn't have a british accent <laughs> but like you kind of thought he did as a kid he is english he was born in the uk Thank okay goodness. okay yeah. I can't believe and he's this. also six six two did you know he's that tall i didn't know that well, i thought he was I short I feel like you're, he was tall because, like, I feel like Scar is tall. Like, I picture him to be tall and skinny. So like, because like he was a skinny lion, he has to be a tall <laughs> I was like, what? Yes. I just know the movies I've seen him in. I always thought he was, like, yeah. a smaller bad guy. <laughs> Same. What other movies has he been in? Oh, I'm trying Good to think question. off the top of my head. I instantly started thinking of Alan Rickman in... Um, oh, no. Oh, uh, when are you not thinking of Alan Rickman? I know, that Bruce Willis Christmas movie. like <laughs> Die Hard. He, but he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Okay, good. Okay. I'm not yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. What else has he oh, been? I'm trying Three to... Musketeers. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. I think of him from every single time. The Leonardo DiCaprio one. No, that's Man in the Iron Mask. Is it that one? Oh. It's one of those movies that Jeremy Irons is in, and he was awesome. I can't believe this version of the at ride is 13 years old. Yeah, and I think that's what I yeah want to point out is like the other versions of this ride were within four years and then eight years. <laughs> right. And then it was 13 years before the next refurbishment. It's really interesting. Oh, I forgot. He's the newest um, uh, Alfred in the Batman universe. Because in Superman versus Batman and Justice League, he was... uh... He's Ben Affleck's Alfred? Yep. What? Guess we need to see that movie. I forgot about that because I actually didn't like it. I I, I preferred... My favorite uh, Alfred was always... um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Sure. <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine. I love 
I love him. I think I remember when I saw Jeremy Irons, I was like, oh, I'll take it, but I don't. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's hard because I just, Jeremy Irons is a bad guy to me. I'm sorry we've typecast you, but you are always a bad guy. <laughs> I disagree. I got to figure out if it was Man in the Iron Mask or the Three Musketeers, but oh. He was definitely in Man in the Iron Mask. Okay, yeah. well then that that character is what I always think of and why like I think I think maybe Scar was just misunderstood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, back to the dame. Oh right. God dame Judy Dench. She's amazing. This is my my favorite version. Yeah, it's 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 a lot more not that the other versions were too serious or like not hopeful. They're all very hopeful, but this is definitely the most um, upbeat version of the ride. Her kind of tone of voice is helpful to make it a little bit more energetic, I'd say. A lot of things changed in this version, the most current version. They actually swapped out the most animatronics um, just because of the techno- the animatronic technology had advanced so much since 1994 to 2007. So they swapped out a lot of the key animatronics to have much more fluid movement and more realistic facial expressions and all of those things. Um, one of the most prominent being um, the pharaoh in the ancient Egypt scene. He went from like nodding in movies in his hands to being almost kind of theatrical in his movements, like he's making a big important speech or something. So, mm-hmm. so a uh, fun little fact, which again probably not officially released, but you can actually find websites that go over all these all this information. There's quite a few animatronics that are recycled. Oh, go on. Yeah. So basically, we have a lot of old presidents in spaceship earth (laughs) uh and there's a few that i remember like um the printing press uh guy that's pushing the the thing i don't even know what it's called but he's pushing the little mechanism on the printing press yeah uh that's andrew jackson (gasps) interesting wait Uh, he's like the from the president he's the president yeah and if it's funny when you look at him because like you can once you look at him and you go oh that's definitely his face but they have like a different hairstyle on him which is like for the times but it's like hair that comes down to his chin <laughs> but there's many examples of that throughout the ride where there's a there's a animatronic of somebody playing somebody else or a person in a different time and they've just dressed him up to be you know so they look different cool. the other one that was crazy was um what the Egyptian priest that's that one that's kind of standing there with a little scroll in his hand talking to the pharaoh yeah uh, that that one's actually William Taft <laughs> what yeah yeah there's quite a few I know Teddy Roosevelt's in there somewhere Teddy I think I think his was oh his was the um uh the Roman senator so you only see him from behind oh what's his best side <laughs> oh no but anyways, there's I'm sure there's more examples of that throughout the attraction where they've used um, animatronics from previous. So they're using like the mold of Teddy Roosevelt to create a new no, animatronic they're... or they're taking an old Teddy Roosevelt and putting him in there? Uh, I can't confirm either way, but I, I was told that they were pulled like when they get pulled from uh, if they get pulled, they'll use it or they'll use the mold. I, I'm not sure. I don't know. They didn't go into that detail. Right. You know, I heard that same rumor about the animatronics on Tom Sawyer's Island, that one of them was Abe Lincoln. Wait, there are oh. animatronics on Tom Sawyer's yeah, Island? Yeah, in the fort, there's... Um, oh, there. yeah, 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 you're right. Like someone's sleeping and stuff, right? I think they're like push, 
churn and butter or something. I don't remember. Mm. Abe Lincoln mm. churn and butter? I think so. He would never. <laughs> something like that. I heard that um, Wicked Witch from Great Movie Ride is now red in Pirates of the Caribbean. Ooh. Oh, interesting. A pure rumor. And I think doesn't red move a lot more smoothly than the Wicked Witch ever did. So I don't know about that. She doesn't move a lot. Hmm. Now we are just, these are are just rumors, you guys. Guys, I've been rewatching Westworld. Have you guys seen Westworld? I saw the first season. I just rewatched the first season because I'm trying to get my boyfriend to finish watching the rest of it with me. And so now when you talk about like reusing animatronics, I'm just like flipping out in my brain. Yeah. It's like, ugh, we should just be more kind to our animatronics. Sure. Like, what have they seen? (laughs) Right, right. I mean, that Teddy Roosevelt. God, what has he seen? Oh, my God. Could you imagine the Hall of Presidents when that closes, if they were really alive? The conversation. Oh, my God. My dream. That is my dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if someone was like, how could I warp the universe for, for, and you would be happy, I would say I want all the presidents in one room at the same time. Perfect. Okay, like, so you know, get mad at each other. You know how, like, in quarantine, you see a lot of like Instagram videos of like what people are doing to keep themselves company. And mm-hmm. one of the things to do is to make like PowerPoint presentations about something. Have you seen that? It is. No. It yeah, awful. someone will be. Like, so if I have an argument that is like Jeremy Irons is the best version of Spaceship Earth, then I will mm-hmm. make a PowerPoint about it that has like all of my points in there. Okay. So it's like yeah. a really dumb thing. Someone gets up there and they present it. It's really funny. Like, could you imagine right now or when the quarantine is happening, like the Hall of Presidents, what are they doing? They're probably putting together PowerPoint presentations and like <laughs> just being like, guys, we got to talk about this problem. Yeah. <laughs> So other changes, I mean, big obvious changes in um, 2007, they swapped out TV scene so that what we're talking about, that like space, the space landing one. Yes. And I can't, so now it's, so not, so now it's uh, the moon landing, but prior it wasn't, it was just like, here we are watching TV. It was football. Interesting. And my favorite thing about the scene during the Jeremy Irons version before the Judy Dench version is it was the family and the little girl was there was an ottoman in front and she was sitting up like straight right in front of the TV like she was the most invested in what was on the television. That's really cool. Which I she thought was super, super into cute. the football game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now like the whole family is watching it and it's the moon landing which is even cooler. So then there's a lot of other changes, like clear technological history changes. Mm-hmm. So one of the big ones is um what it's the version of one of the very first computers when they took up big giant rooms and probably one of the most iconic animatronics in the ride these days is the woman with the yellow leggings in the computer <laughs> scene. Absolutely. Everybody everybody loves her. And she's great. Everybody loves her, and everyone has loved her since this new version opened. It was like, mm-hmm. and the music there gets kind of fun. Like, it's like, beep, boop, 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 boop. kind of like our theme song. I don't know. Yeah, it's very uh, colorful. I remember seeing colorful. it and like like honestly gasping because I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like she was just so fierce. I loved it. And it's like a bigger room. A lot of the ride you're moving from like scene to scene and it's a little tight, kind of tight spaces are dark. It's like light and bright and big in that room. It's really, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I grew up with computers, but not those types of computers. We all grew up with home computers. Maybe not even grew up, but like came into our teenage years with home computers, right? Mm -hmm. So 
seeing a computer like that, that's pretty cool. That's like some recent history stuff that they, I think they portrayed pretty well. So I liked that. One of the added scenes was the garage scene, and it's debated whether it's of Steve Jobs or Steve Wozniak, kind of like building the computer in their garage. Another kind of big change was to um, the final kind of, again, descent back down when you're going backwards, and they installed touchscreens on every ride vehicle that you do Mm -hmm. like a quick little survey, and then they replay your future. I'm not wild about it, never have been. And I think it's because I was obsessed with the end of the 1994 version. I just wanted to throw that out there. I for me it was like a I kind of didn't like it but then I realized you know what I got bored on the descent in the previous version so this actually kept my time like kept me more engaged and not like basically asleep by the time we got to the unload because it was so That's relaxing true. and like great music and you just felt like a I don't know it's just a different feel and people like that sort of stuff right they like mm-hmm. to feel involved or whatever but it did it did add the whole element of you know because they take your picture at the beginning and now mm-hmm. it's in the the videos that you get, you know, or the video that you're creating when you're on the touch screen at the end there. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then again, when you leave the ride and head to the post-show area, which is now called the Global Neighborhood, you could actually see your picture up on those big screens and stuff. So that was always kind of cool to just kind of watch. Like each day, it was kind of neat to see, like, oh, where are all of our guests from? And mm-hmm. it was it was crazy. I remember during. Um, what do you call it, Um, when the Brazilian tour groups would come through. It was amazing to see, like, the concentration of people that were all from South America versus versus the rest of the world. It was kind of neat. It was like a real-time, you know, what our government probably does, keeping track of everybody. (laughs) Shoot. Huh. Looking back at it. Oh, something I forgot to mention. The new new, um, sponsor of Spaceship Earth during this era was Siemens instead of AT&T. I will say about the descent, though, it was a necessary addition, I believe, like, you know, because before it was clearly just Skype for the most part, and once we had that technology, it made sense to change it, but it made it so much easier to be like, nope, this is my nap time now, and I will tell you, for those of us who like to nap on rides, um, Mm -hmm. Spaceship Earth is very considerate, because at the end, it actually starts dinging at you (laughs) to wake you up (laughs) so that you get off. Yeah, that's actually so pretty funny. nice. Let's talk about the queue really quick. Sure. Bad oh, queue. God. It's a bad queue. It's almost all outside. Well, and it was created back in the days of, oh, let's not think about our guests in wheelchairs. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Tell me more about that. What, I mean. So, well, if for those who don't know, there was a time before regulations were in place about how queues uh, were made. So that our guests that might need a little bit more room, like our our guests traveling in wheelchairs, and then of course now guests traveling in the ECVs or electronic convenience vehicles. Right. Um, Magic Kingdom was full of attractions that didn't have those types of queues that could hold that. Uh, Spaceship Earth started off that way, and still to this date hasn't had an. <laughs> they haven't adjusted the queue because there's no way to do it. And, well, there's nowhere to go. And it's, that would be a a mess because of the entry and the exit but um so basically to this day if you if you are riding in a wheelchair or you need some extra assistance you have to go in through the exit of the attraction Um, did not know that i think one of the the cool things about spaceship earth or like one of its a good thing about it is it's the first thing you see when you come into epcot and not only do you see the ball and everything you see the line to get on this ride Mm -hmm. and so 
understandably, it's like, oh, yeah, let's go on that. That makes sense. I think that's a benefit to the ride, right? It gets a lot of foot traffic because you see it. Yep. Do you think in this uh, new version that we'll see in a couple of years here, they would actually flip flop it around, right? And you could make an indoor queue in this post-show area and have the exit be the entrance to the ride and kind of maybe alleviate some of that. I don't know, but I would I would think they'd keep the entrance the same, but there's a lot of space around there then to like enclose like the sides or like have you go in so that the queue is actually in the back, but the entrance is still in the front. Right, right. It'll be know. it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I I think that'll be kind of one of that's one of the top things that I want to see when they make the changes. Do they finally make this ride a little bit more, um, you know? But but to that point in two thousand seven, that they that's something that they could have done. But I think it's hard with with them making changes as extensively extensively as they're going to now. With, with some different track stuff and some things like that. Like, I feel like we may see, finally, uh, a Spaceship Earth that can handle uh, Q re- restraints that others um, have already updated to. Yeah. yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the mural on the way. Almost, when you're almost, when you're through the queue and you're almost the, to the, you know, to go inside, to board. Because once you go inside... You are on that attraction. You're right? there. Like you're, yeah. you're there. There's no that. Yeah, it's crazy. But there's kind of a big straightaway up leading up to that kind of entrance door loading area. And there's a mural on the right hand side. And it took me decades, I think, to actually look at it. And when you look at it, it ex- kind of explains, first of all, the ride and Spaceship Earth. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Have you guys ever taken a taken a minute to look at it? No, I just searched for the hidden Mickey. <laughs> there is a hidden Mickey. Where is the hidden Mickey? And as I say that, I don't remember. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a really hard one, I feel like. I always think yeah, it's in the earth, remember. but then I remember that's at Buzz Lightyear. And then by the time I remember, I'm like gone. I'm inside. That's the problem. Is like a lot of times when you get to that point in the queue, you you're not stopping, so it's right, hard to yeah. look at it and figure it out. Um, but that's something where that's where I'm a little sentimental, and that's like an original piece of Spaceship Earth. Like I hope the mural remains in some way. Yeah, same. Because I'm all about updating, and I like taking advantage of new ride systems and technology, and just kind of up keeping things fresh. But like, pay tribute when you can pay tribute, and I think an original mural is a really great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't hurt anything; it only adds to. Cool. All right, ride vehicles. Uh, I do just want to give a little tip, like before you get like so. Basically, if when you get to the mural, be ready. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's a nonstop because because. When you get to the station, the vehicles are continuously moving unless there's a you know, stop for some reason. But for the most part, it's moving. So it's like that's the probably the worst place to start packing your bag or counting your people in your part. Like when you start to see the mural, be ready to just walk in and walk into a ride vehicle because too many times I see things get held up there and it's like the worst place. I think what people don't realize is kind of what you said earlier where that's what like when you enter the building, I think a lot of people think, oh, we got some more queue to stand in and Mm -hmm. no, you're literally walking into the load platform. So that would be my little tip is just be ready when you see the mural, like have everything ready to go, have your party divided up into parties of two if you have a big group. And uh, be ready to go. The cast member will love you. 
like course, that, that could all be different when this thing reopens. So um, if that's so the case, whatever. then what I, I, then I have no idea. I have no idea what it's going to look like. Always be ready. Honestly, guys, if you're going to the theme parks, be ready. Okay, now ride vehicles. As you mentioned, it is a Omnimover ride system, which, as we know from previous episodes, is a continuous moving track, one vehicle right after the other. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's kind of neat because it's like it's on roller coaster type track, oh, okay. uh, which is kind of neat to think about because it's like the, basically it's just a giant roller coaster, but all connected. <laughs> <It's> like, <gasps> oh my god, what if it moved really fast? Oh, I, I can't even imagine. I used to when I was a, when I was younger when I took my first trip there. I thought for sure there was a roller coaster in there. Oh, a roller coaster would be cool. I feel yeah. like that was probably an early concept of art concept version like a space mountain type there's a lot of i think rumors out there and i don't know i can't confirm anything but there's a lot of rumors that there was they were along in their building and things changed and it was no longer going to be a roller coaster so that's maybe why the track looks that way could be i don't know <gasps> i mean this has been our conspiracy <laughs> episode <laughs> for sure i love it so yeah so these vehicles are a bright teal color. They're kind of fun, super shiny, like mm-hmm. plasticky surface. Uh, each vehicle itself is two rows. How many people to a row? Two, two people. Two. I mean, I guess unless you have your small children. Lap sitting is guys... available. Yeah. Lap sitting is available. Okay. Yeah, two but per for row. children only, not adults. Mm-hmm. You can you can actually squeeze three in there if you have like a small child, but like mm-hmm. that would be on a real busy day that they would be pushing that. You could sit in the front row, back row. I personally don't think it matters because it's an Omnimover. Yeah, it does not matter. I mean, I guess you got a little, there's a little bit of space between vehicles. You're not like right, right on top of each other, but it's not enough to really make a difference, I don't think. Well, there's the, um, there's a, there's actually a a little, I, I can't remember what we called it, but there's like a little car in between vehicles, but not every single one. So you might have like two two cars right next to each other and then like this little, it's almost like a little box with some, you know, mechanisms in it that probably are to do with the touchscreen technology. Um, interestingly, the concept art for this, the future version of this attraction shows a very similar ride vehicle. I have one thing, and this is a like, everyone should take note of this. Do not take pictures on this ride with a flash it's the most annoying thing to to be behind or in front and having a flashing light going off when you're riding spaceship earth it ruins it and we would get so many guest complaints about it and there's really nothing that can be done other than like there's a sign and there's a warning at the beginning that tells you not to do it but like turn turn your flash off well also again flash photography in general like it's not going to be a good photo so and it's a little jarring yeah the current version of this ride, though, as you are going up that first hill, it does actually take a flash photo of you to be used later in that little like survey in your version mm-hmm. of the future, which I feel like definitely the first couple times I wrote it, I did was angry because I thought it was just like a people <laughs> taking well, a picture. Yeah, I was like, what are you <laughs> taking a picture of right now? Right, right. But it was the ride doing that. That's um, funny. It's pretty impressive that they can capture your face in that moment. I've I've always thought like how yeah. do they find your face? I don't know. I mean, well, I guess I the, know, but the, it's like it's a very automated technology. There is there is a cast member that has to monitor the photos. We have some Oops. like tomfoolery going on sometimes. Tomfoolery. But uh, it uses like facial like eye recognition. Mm. Basically, because it's not like because people freak out. They're like, oh my god, it's taking my picture, and, and 
the government's going to get it. <laughs> but all it is is it's just it takes a photo and it recognizes where the eyes are. And then that's how it gets the the image. Um, the very first scene is a like prehistory scene of someone fighting a not fighting or <laughs> hunting. It's not like they're like wrestling <laughs> a um, like woolly mammoth. Um, and interestingly enough, this very first scene has always been a projection on a screen. The earliest one was also a projection. More it's like so a cool. movie theater. But yeah, it is really cool. And it's always been cool. And the, the current um, or Judy Dench version of it is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. I remember being kind of in awe seeing it for the first time with this newer updated projection technology. It's really cool. Um, then it kind of quickly turns the corner and you're in kind of caveman times. And the narration there is basically saying... Since the very beginning, we've been trying to communicate. We've been telling stories. Sometimes you record stories on the walls of caves, right? <laughs> the, the earliest humans. So Back in Pretty our neat. day. In the updated version, the hieroglyphics move around. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's do. right. Cool. So we quickly then move over to ancient Egypt. Judy Dench talks about Papyrus, the guy who's creating papyrus magically by never touching <laughs> he's just but pounding the air right the above mm-hmm. he's thinking about it and eventually right. he figures it out and then you see a pharaoh and the queen um kind of dictating of i don't know a rule or something and someone's writing down that rule on papyrus so the communication message there is like write it down mm-hmm. <laughs> you can reach more people so it's pretty cool uh, the next scene is some um, like merchants trading goods from a boat. In the most recent version, Judy Dench identifies them as the Phoenicians. And again, with the communication message here, it's saying we all speak different languages, and how do we figure out how to communicate with each other? I really like this the the boat scene. I, fit, I it's such a cool effect, like so simple with the boats rocking, but like it always that one was a good one that made me feel like I was like over the water that one was really cool i totally agree i think i think we you know the different you're like oh cool caveman and then you're like oh cool egyptian cool but then yeah this gentle rocking kind of of the boat it feels a little bit more like you're involved um it's kind of hard to verbalize but i know exactly what you're talking about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, this also i'd say this has um a repeatable kind of classic line from the judy dench version here yeah. I don't know. I don't know the line. I just know all of the t-shirts that I see now that say, if you can read this, thank the Phoenicians. I think oh, she right. goes something like, oh. remember how easy it was to learn your ABCs? Thank the Phoenicians. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it is, I mean, that's cheesy, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very Disney. It's become one of those nerdy Disney things where it's like, ah, you remember that joke. Yeah, it's a kind of like an insider. Not an insider, but like a a multiple visitor inside joke, kind of. Yeah. You're like, that's fun. <laughs> Thank the <I> remember, Phoenicians. <laughs> I remember, do you guys, Disney sometimes puts out these like March Madness brackets where they pit um, oh, attractions yes. against each other. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. they, it was so clever one year, they did like actual mascots for the teams Mm -hmm. and Spaceship Earth was in the bracket and it was just called the Phoenicians. Like that was like what the jersey was. It was so funny. 
mm-hmm. and they sold t-shirts and it was just very clever yeah this is a it, it is it's like such a short simple scene but it's, it's a good one i really like it so when it starts getting kind of fast and furious i feel like the next scene is ancient greece um in older versions i believe it was they were putting on a play like a greek tragedy they were wearing masks it was actually kind of creepy do you guys remember that oh i do remember like the yeah the masks yep 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 and then more recently it's of a like teacher lecturing to a group of of students in ancient greece so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool that one always reminds me of bill and ted where socrates is like giving a lecture and then bill and ted come out and they're like oh look it's socrates and then they (laughs) they just play with dust and they just tell him that dust in the wind all we are is dust in the wind and socrates is so excited i really encourage you to continue to pull in bill and ted references whenever oh i absolutely will (laughs) okay good if you can promise me that i mean we don't go visit genghis khan or abraham right so i'm pretty limited but other than that (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. all right well yeah i mean whenever whenever you see an sure. opportunity jump when in. it's available next scene is ancient rome which um do you guys remember when we were younger there was like a yeah, a, horse. a little um yeah like a little like chariot yes like guy running away i loved running that I, I don't i'll never I understand why they got away. rid of that yeah that that Same. one i get so confused every time because it seems like it would have been something they added into a new version right but then right. it's gone now and i get so mad because it was my favorite thing to watch but the communication message in ancient rome is that rome built a ton of roads to connect people so people were able to travel a lot easier to communicate and trade that way yeah so then it takes a turn for the worse history does it always does. pompeii uh no. And then close your eyes. <laughs> ew, ew, oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. No, it's the uh burning library of Alexandria, the fall of oh, the age that. Of oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um so the the you know, his world historical tragedy for that is that the um invaders, the foreign invaders, um ruined kind of the educational centers of the entire world so they burned all these libraries and we all thought that all of this history was gone forever let's talk about what really everybody loves about this particular moment not just what what i love about it they don't care they don't care about a burning library (laughs) i sure don't i didn't even know that's what that was i had no idea they're hitting all of our senses at this point with sight and smell and now you can actually smell the burning, which also creates a bit of an issue because there are times that people come off the ride going, hey, uh, there's a burning smell up there. And then you have to specifically say, is it right after the Romans? And if they say no, then you go, okay, let me call the fire department. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you, in growing up in Central Florida, right? So I've probably gone to Disney almost every single year of my life, maybe every other year for a bit. And especially Epcot. You went every year. Yeah. And like Epcot was definitely like the go-to. Like we always rode Spaceship Earth. So I've probably ridden this ride every year of my life. And 
as a kid, especially one who probably had ADD, who knows, I didn't, I don't pay attention until I realize I should or I need to. And so I've watched this entire ride over the years and it's history, it's actual history. There are still times as a 30 something year old where I'll ride through and I'll be like, oh my gosh, is that this person? Is this, oh, that's Michelangelo. (laughs) Or like, you know, oh, that's Steve Wozniak. And like, I actually commit it to something I've learned like before. (laughs) So the fact that you guys are talking about burning libraries and stuff, I'm like, shoot, I am not paying attention in this ride, (laughs) nor have I ever. (laughs) I'm glad you're learning something new tonight. I think that's great. Thank you. Wait, so somebody like burned all the libraries? Yeah, <laughs> the fall of the Roman Empire was like they came. Is in and that just, like, what that was? Everything. Yeah, and so there in Alexandria, Egypt, there was like the biggest library ever, and it housed all these historical, like uh, the history of the human race up until the Roman Empire, and they burned it down. Oh shoot! So mm-hmm. like, do we even know anything? Well, enter the next scene. Oh, thank um, <laughs> thank but. But I have a question for Ashby, who may know some ins and outs of this ride. Oh, uh-huh. What smell are we smelling? Is it like fireplace or like, you know? I, you know, I actually don't know like what creates the smell. I do know that yeah. they, it's now sold. You know how like they have those air fresheners? The, I don't know what company does it, but they have like, you can smell like a, you know, the Main Street or the, the bakery on Main Street or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, or the orange smell from... Um, Soren. Soren. Mm-hmm. This this is also, I think, one of those smells that you can buy, which is like weird. Really? Like, why would yeah, you buy a burning really smell? Weird. <laughs> uh, oh, I would buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now, because I'd be like, guys, do you know that this smell was when they burned like, <laughs> that one really important library that like had all the information? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh god! The next scene, Dame Judy Dench. I'm upset. Young me is like, what is going to happen now? And she (laughs) calms me down by saying, what we didn't know at the time was that there were copies of all of this ancient history in the Middle East. Islamic scholars were doing the same thing. They were documenting everything. Thank God. Man, how lucky. We see a group of like three Islamic scholars um, discussing, probably congratulating each other is my guess by saying, thank God that we did this. Um, The next scene on the left, I think we're, so now we've jumped so many years. We've jumped at least 600 years, but now we're into like the middle ages. And it's a scene where monks are hand copying books. So then, we had we were secure all this history but now we needed to spread it around in kind of an insurance policy you now you want more than one copy right so they hand copied books and there's a very famous sleeping monk in this oh yeah that's right i love him that's right he might be one of my favorite animatronics in the whole ride there's a hidden mickey there right where um I thought it was somewhere with the with the scrolls or is it the pears? I feel like I, this is like triggering, like oh look for the hidden Mickey, but I can't remember where it was. <laughs> it's like a fever dream, where you're like hidden Mickey. Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like that's very 2007. Like oh, hidden Mickey's. Like, oh that's yeah. When all, like the books were published and sure. Stuff, I feel like 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is where I start getting a little overwhelmed. I'm still upset about the fall of Rome. So this is where I get to start getting a little confused <laughs> about the scenes. I think from there we go to, I think it's like the um, Renaissance, right? Maybe the, the type, the printing press with the uh, Gutenberg, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, the Gutenberg press. Yeah. The Steve Gutenberg? Mm-hmm. Steve Gutenberg, the inventor of the press. <laughs> oh man, I miss him. <laughs> Um, yeah 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 steve gutenberg press (laughs) um wait which president do you say plays steve gutenberg in this scene well i don't know who plays gutenberg but in the back steve gutenberg's in the scene (laughs) i don't don't pay attention (laughs) behind gutenberg where they're actually operating the print press there's a guy that pushes the because there's like there's like the whole thing with all the paper and the the i guess like the the what are those called? Like those little things, like the typing. Yeah, those things. Anyways, all that stuff is kind of laying on a platform, and then Andrew Jackson is pushing the platform under the press, and then there's another guy who, like, turns a thing to, like, pull the press down. <laughs> so Andrew Jackson plays Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. I also <laughs> like that they made Andrew Jackson have, like, just like a just a job like he wasn't mm-hmm. anyone like special no, like, here you that go. makes me feel good his hair's the best if you get a chance to look he's him up his hair is fantastic he looks like he was for the monk like sang for the monkeys or something <laughs> theme park tourist has an article with the headline nine american presidents who got bizarre new jobs at walt disney world <laughs> oh my god that's amazing james james buchanan is plays Johann Gutenberg. He's the guy oh. like, holding a magnifying glass. Yeah. Andrew Jackson as the printer. <laughs> uh, uh, William Howard Taft as the uh, the Egyptian priest. Yep, you're right. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Teddy mm-hmm. Roosevelt is a Roman senator. Which one, though? It's got to be the one that's facing away. Because the one that looks... Because the other one does not look like him. He looks younger. And he's showing way too much thigh to be Teddy Roosevelt. (laughs) (laughs) Guess who is that guy? The centurion is Zachary Tyler. Thigh boy. Oh. Cute. Hello. All right. That's fantastic. I'm really glad we confirmed that. Well, now it's the... I remember the lute player. Like, there's like the... There's like the two guys with the books, and then there's like the lute player up on the balcony. So it's like an art boom. So it's music and art. So yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. It's the, it's the people playing instruments and then Michelangelo painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Oh, which is a... I remember where the hidden Mickey is now. Where? So it's right before... Um, the, there's a little scene where the, there's a guy doing a sculpture. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And on the table, there's a little paint stain with three circles that are... It's a hidden oh. Mickey there. That's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. I like this scene too because I feel like the music gets really cool. Yeah, it's like a church choir almost. Yeah, it kind of fits the whole Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel scene is cool because it's all happening above you, mm-hmm. so it that is a neat moment in the in the ride because you're, yeah, you know, you're looking in a different way, so that's cool. The next scene we jump also many uh, a years. long time. <laughs> Many, many years. We jump all the way to, is it the newspaper? The boy saying? Yeah, the printing, pr- the the now like steam operated print press. Yeah, like the industrial revolution, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We go from the renaissance to the industrial revolution, which I, mean, I guess in the history of communication. Yeah, sure. And you know what annoyed me about this scene when it changed was the boy with the paper used to face, like he used to be right up next to you when you would ride by facing yeah. you like extra yeah. extra 
And then they moved him back. So now he faces away, and he's, like, in the far, like, far away from the vehicle. I've ever noticed that. Why? You didn't? That didn't make any sense. No. That was the first I... thing I was so upset about because I was a huge okay. Newsies fan. <laughs> oh, I knew there had to be a reason because of, like, Cheryl. You're right. <laughs> what am I paying notice? attention to? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you wake up at this point every single time? Um, that's that's almost creepy that he would be looking away. Yeah. It is a, really it's weird. weird. It's very weird. Hmm. Like, I had nightmares that, like, We'd be riding this ride, and I, like, had a crush on him or whatever, and he'd turn around, and he didn't have a face. And, like, that's why they turned oh. him around. It's creepy. Oh, my God. I don't, I mean, he has a face. I'm not saying I know anything. Right, but, like, right, right, I wonder if maybe he stopped working, or they only kept him there as, like, a nod, but they really didn't want to keep him. Well, like, we've seen, we've all seen too many horror movies where, like, if you get stopped in that part of the ride like he slowly turns around and then sure. runs at you and kills you kills like that um, <laughs> that's I what will happen that right what, that is what will happen so i just feel like they're setting everyone up to get murdered yeah. i just yeah. feel like yeah. turn let's start a campaign turn the newsboy around it was the most upsetting part of the refurbishment i mean i miss jeremy okay. irons i didn't like that yeah. the horse stopped running and then the newsboy yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, it, then it like it gets kind of crazy because it's like I feel like as as things I, I've kind of noticed as we go along in this attraction that it gets crazier and crazier, right? Because as 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 the future starts to come into play, that's how we are living our lives, right? Just more um, more things to <laughs> divide our attention. Yeah, it's kind of um, communications overload, really. But then we go from so we go from the steam press to now the um telegraph um machine and then there's like the um the operators and the theater yeah the switchboard operators and then there's like the theater um flashing lights you know there's so much happening in a span of a couple seconds here as you go through and then there's the um the radio, uh, which I always loved that. There was like the little sound booth with the, the radio operator and then the radio um, uh, DJ or whatever you want to call him, the news the news guy who's like – Yeah. I don't remember what he was talking about. The uh, Oh, then I forgot the, the news guy that's in the booth. I don't know if anybody ever paid attention to it, but the microphone, you know how it would have like the letters of the radio station, the call letters. On yeah. his microphone, it says WDI. Cute. Which, for those who don't know, WDI stands for Walt Disney Imagineering. Cute. Yeah, kind of a cool little throw in there. And then after that, it's the um, there's the video of uh, gosh, it's the Olympics, right? And there's can't remember who's on the screen, but it kind of goes through that. And then the living room scene from like what the is this the sixties? The, the moon landing? Then it's the moon landing. Yeah, the yeah. TV scene. Mm-hmm. With the, this one I always loved because I loved the kid laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that just always reminded me of me when I was a kid watching television. Like, no room on the couch for you, bud. On the floor. Yep. And then this is these this is the big new scenes moving forward. Then it's, yeah, um, yellow leggings lady in the large computer room. The massive computer room, yeah. 
the like upbeat fun computer room and then the introduction of home computers thanks to the steves in the garage (laughs) um and then we reach the very top part of the structure itself which is a projection of earth you're all of a sudden in outer space looking back at earth and the vehicles have moved at this point so everybody's facing towards the the top of the that's a good point yeah so pre prior to this you are just like in a train basically you're like moving forward um and then yes your car rotates so all the train vehicles are basically moving sideways on the track is that kind of a good way to describe that yeah they're basically sideways Mm -hmm. you can like look left and right and see your fellow riders yeah yeah all looking at this earth and it's it's beautiful and the music makes it feel like a kind of like beautiful um dramatic moment the original concept of this ride you are supposed the storyline was that you were supposed to be on like a space station on the moon looking Hmm. down on earth um Ah. and for the first like 10 years or so that never it never happened for whatever reason i think they think they said like the effects never looked good like they couldn't make it work so instead that everything was just painted black (laughs) for like the first 10 years which is kind of creepy so there were just like effects of a space station all around you but you just like didn't notice them unless you were looking for it and then during several refurbishments they just removed all this stuff oh man that would be so cool because like what i agree that's the next step in communication is being able to send it to other planets and the moon like the fact that we can pinpoint laser wi-fi to the moon is crazy to me I don't even know what that means, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, I read an article that NASA said that through lasers they sent Wi-Fi to the moon. But I was like, but who's up there, like, checking the signal? Like, that's both. Right. The, the, so the scene that we're in with the, the moon, I mean, not the moon, with, the, with planet Earth and then the stars, what's that called? Uh, what are those things called when you, like, go in, you sit down, and you look up at the stars? Observatories. Are, yeah. Isn't there like a a name for those specific planetariums? Like, is that yeah, that's it, planetarium. So I think if I remember correctly, like it is, it's like a. It, it, I don't know if there's like an official, like oh, you can't call this a planetarium unless it does meet certain requirements. But I feel like this was mentioned to me that it it is considered like that because of the projections that are put up on the like it's the accurate ceiling. or something. Right. Yeah. So it's accurate to, like, the stars that we would see in the sky. It feels like it. They're not just throwing up random stars on the ceiling. Thank you, Disney. Thank you, Disney. (laughs) Thank you, Disney. Um, And then something else, when you're done looking at Earth, your vehicle starts moving again. And this time, you're back in the train. But instead of going forward, you're going backwards. Nap time. It's the descent Good back night, to Earth. Cheryl. <laughs> in the 1994 version, there was like a cityscape scene where yep. like the lights kind of went. Oh over. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so cool. And I guess that was meant to be like to show like Wi-Fi or something, right? Like how we're all connected, like the fiber optics or whatever. So I loved the last part of the ride in that version and i didn't realize how much i missed it until we started kind of digging into the research here so what's funny is like now because it's all on the screen 
there's nothing. Like if you, on your way down, going backwards, if you don't look at the screen, you're just looking mm-hmm. at black. <laughs> like there's nothing yeah, else to look that at. makes me sad. It really <clears throat> does. Yeah. That's where I hope, I hope in the refurbishment of this, I hope they take advantage of that kind of like real estate. Mm-hmm. Like put something in there we want to see. And even if it is some videos or something on the walls, I prefer that to my touch screen in front of me. And then once you get kind of down to the bottom, it's it's time to leave. And it's been a really, really fantastic, relaxing ride. Uh, what, do you guys know the length of this ride off the top of your head? We used to say 20 minutes, but I feel like that's that's over. I want to say it was around the 15 minute mark or so. Really? But with all the with with all the times that the ride would slow down or stop because of loading, probably does equal more closer to like 18, 18 minutes or so. So wait, let's talk about um, let's talk about the ride breaking down also. Oh sure. Um, has anyone been on this ride when it's broken? No. I've I been there a lot when it's been broken. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I think in one of the big reasons it's going down for two years or a year and a half or whatever um, is because it needs to. Like the ride system needs to be fixed. It's old. It and it's bumpy um even the last couple videos i was watching it's loud like Mm -hmm. there's no reason for these vehicle vehicles to be as loud as they are this ride is in need of even just like a a freshen up from it's like a ride system point of view and then obviously they're going to make some updates to the experience itself yeah you can feel that that track is just old and beat up Mm. and needs to be either replaced completely or no, there's really no other or. It just needs to be replaced completely. The The crazy thing about this attraction uh, and an evacuation is you're thinking about how high up sometimes you are, right? So, like, if you're at the top where you see Earth, that's a lot of flight of stairs that you're coming down, you know, to get out of the attraction. And, and, and I would say it's probably one of the most interesting and complicated attractions that I ever worked at that... Um, as far as like an evacuation plan uh, goes, just because there's so many stairways, there's so many, what what you don't see when you're riding is all the intricate hallways that are connecting this building together. And then there's an actual elevator in the building, you know, that takes you up and down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a really cool building uh, from that perspective, but also can be really tough on guests, especially if they have trouble with stairs. Let's talk briefly about the this refurbishment, though, and what changes do we know and maybe what changes we'd like to see. So what we do know, um, it's going to be closed for a while. And I think, what Ashby, what you're saying is probably spot on. Like, this isn't just a, like a refresh of um, some effects. I, they, I think they have to replace quite a bit of stuff in the attraction to make sure it works for another 13 years, you know? Mm-hmm. We have a couple concept art pictures that basically... It looks like probably um, a lot of the original scenes, like at least maybe the first half of the ride. And then probably I think we can all expect like a technology update for modern times because they kind of just let it die off at. um... Wait, what's the last scene you see? The Steve Jobs scene? Before the Earth. Before like Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Steve yeah. Jobs. And then there's like a tunnel that has a little bit of, there's a little bit of like laser lights going on. 
Oh yeah, right. It's like code. It's like zeros and ones. Zeros yeah, and ones. yeah. Mm, right, because that's the that's the future the language. It's we're talking mm-hmm. about communication. So okay, yeah, I forgot. That makes sense. Um, the other kind of interesting little tidbit they've released about the attraction is that there's going to be like a guide light that helps t- bring you through this journey. And all that reminds me of is this 1994 version of the ride at the end, where mm. the lights feel like they follow you a little bit and they don't like they're representing something else but um i'm that make that little detail about the ride kind of gets me a little excited i think that could be a a cool way to enhance this experience and maybe like tie some storylines together while Mm -hmm. maintaining a lot of the show scenes that we you know have come to really love and expect maybe when you see spaceship earth i'm I'm interested to like uh, we should take bets on who's gonna narrate I mean, what's his name? Sterling K. Brown, probably. I won't write it. Why do you hate him? <laughs> <laughs> He's not frozen too again. He's. Great. I didn't. I didn't realize. I, it, here's the funny part: is I. So I, I'm a fan of um, This Is Us, and that's kind of where I've been introduced to Sterling K. Brown. What I'm realizing is I don't like his voice as much as I. I didn't realize I didn't like his voice until we just watched Frozen 2 and Mm -hmm. he plays the role of like the head soldier or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what his name is. And as soon as he started talking, I was like, well, I'm out. I don't don't believe this anymore. Yeah. It was really, I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know what it is. There's just something about, and I, if I had to sit in a car for 18 minutes and listen to his voice, I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) Well, I think you could. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I'm going to go with somebody different. I feel like there's got to be other. I feel like they should stick with a woman again. I would like maybe a Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. I don't know though. <laughs> she, her she voice is not as. Her voice isn't as clear as Judy Dench. I don't think. <laughs> like it just would be like McGonagall's giving me like a history Muggle yeah. studies lesson. I don't know. And there'll like be it. moments of like going into the upper register. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Hmm. So maybe not Maggie Smith. Maybe not a good choice. Never I'd mind. love to what? have Morgan Freeman come. Now that he's not doing Ooh. Hall of Presidents anymore, like he's the ultimate he's not doing narrator. Hall of Presidents? Oh no! He's when Hall of... he he did the Obama version, and then I don't know who is currently there, but it certainly is not Morgan Freeman. Mike Pence, probably. Oh God! Um, oh, you know who would be good? What's that? What's that guy's name? David Attenbauer or whatever his name is from the. Um, from those Earth, what was that? What's that thing called? Um, Planet Earth, the guy who narrates Planet Earth. Oh sure, uh, honestly, I think you're onto something. Anyone who narrates any of those like nature documentaries would be so good on Spaceship Earth. Tina yep. Fey. Yep. Ooh. Ooh, the voice of Siri is going to be the next Spaceship Earth. Oh my gosh! Oh, Could you imagine? That's actually kind of smart. <laughs> that would be insane. There's like so any other like good like British actors would be good too like benedict or would be really good oh that's a good one right how about dolly parton guys oh like, i told wow. god yeah plus one plus one hey y'all Any... <laughs> <laughs> but like she has oh it's sad like, about that library she has such a calming like rustic like in her mm-hmm. sweet bambi voice like i can't i love it that's how I describe That's amazing. you, Cheryl, when they're like, who, who do you do this podcast li- with? Thank you. 
Um, I think any along the same lines of Walter Cronkite. I think any um, like news anchor who. Ooh, we it's all Barbara Walters because it's twenty twenty. Oh no, twenty twenty. Barbara Walters. It'll be Betty. This White. is Spaceship Earth. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, I think that might be a thing. Like, I think um, I like where that's going. There's a good like cadence to a to a broadcast journalist. You know that Here I think would work are. well. Yeah. Here oh, we God. are. <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenicians. Uh, what about? Oh no, I've got one. I think we should. He's been missing for a while. He's part of the Disney family. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Ooh. No, he had you know, that controversy, and that's why he's not the Affleck duck anymore. Oh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I remember there being a... I don't remember what it was, though. I think he had, like, some joke that was not PC. Oh, that's right. He did a stand-up thing. That's right. It was around the same time as Michael Richardson, whoever Kramer is. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yep. Um, Hear me out. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. Oh, yes. (laughs) Bring the Gutenberg back. Oh, God. God, That would be probably a good one. Maybe several narrators. That could be interesting. Mm, Who cover different mm-hmm. eras. Ooh, yeah, that'd be cool. What if, what if it was, uh, what are those two characters that, um, um, oh my God, hold on. My brain has just gone completely. The, the two that did the Rose Bowl parade, Will Ferrell and uh, who's the other the other SNL girl. They did, they did like these two, oh gosh, what was their names? Hold Kate on, McKinnon. I have to look at Molly Shannon. Did you guys not watch this thing? No. Why would we watch oh. anything sports? Just kidding. I watch no, sports. No, the Rose Bowl Parade. It's the What is that? It, it's the parade where they have the rose floats. <laughs> For like sports? The, the, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Ashby explaining the Rose Bowl Parade to Cheryl is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Anyways. Cheryl was not the kid really excited to watch <laughs> This football game in Spaceship Earth. No. No, I am not. Listen, I'm not a sports fan either, okay? The Rose Bowl Parade is not has nothing to do with... But it's before well, the Rose Bowl, it probably Rose does have something Bowl, to do with right? it. Like the sporting event. It's always... Uh, what day is it? It's always like the day... Is that why you moved to California so you could be by the Rose Bowl? <laughs> no. Oh, is it Cal- <laughs> it is. California? It is, isn't it? thing. It's in Pasadena, yeah. Got it. Anyways, the two that hosted are Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell, yeah. and they play characters mm. called Cord and uh, Tish, I think was her name. Uh, those oh, those are fun. Yeah. yeah, perfect. They should definitely host. As narrate. If we're talking about, like, iconic duos who've narrated, let me tell you, do you guys ever watch Shit's Creek? Oh, yes. It's hilarious. And Moira and David, or the two, not David, the but the two main characters, um, they narrated the canadian circle vision video oh and right it's uh but they, they it's good it's good but it's not the character voices and man i wish they had done oh. it because those are so iconic that's so funny they um what was i gonna say oh cheryl so right now in epcot they have the like um what's it called actually the like um place where you can go the preview center the epcot preview center sure the epcot experience have- Epcax, thank you. Um, Ashby, have you seen this as well, or just Cheryl? The uh, no, I haven't been down there since they opened that up. Can Cheryl? Can you explain to us what they what they show about Spaceship Earth in this in this kind of like 
preview center well, so to maybe give Ep- us some hints? Yeah, the Epcot experience is, it is a preview center, and it has, like, a 10-minute-long presentation of things to come for Epcot. They created it for the D23 um this past year where they announced all of the Epcot um, changes. And so what it is is they have like a little model of like the Epcot stand and a few different things in there. And there's like projectors that project onto it. But also there's like a circle vision where there's a a 360 like screen and it'll update. So they talk about the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. They talk about Ratatouille. They talk about Mary Poppins coming. Um, And they pretty much go, you know, in order. They have all the icons for future world and they go one by one and they tell you about all the new things that are coming and then they get to spaceship earth and literally it's just like a bunch of faces and it just says like you know while we talk about the history of what connects us i think i don't know but that's about it literally it just looks like a national geographic commercial with a bunch of like still photos of humans really so it doesn't really give you much to work with nothing hmm interesting Hmm. But again, I'm not that observant, yeah. so who knows? They could literally have told me, this is what you're going to ride, and I would have been like, wait, what is over there? <laughs> so it maybe <laughs> is really informative, but we don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, okay, just making sure. All right, well, shoot, I guess we'll, we're just going to have to figure out what this is going to be. And you know what? Maybe we'll just won't know. Maybe we'll know when it reopens again. So that might be the most exciting part. Exciting changes coming. I think it's a great one. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss Spaceship Earth because I I love it and I make sure I go on it every time. But I think this is an important um, important update, important refurbishment. I agree. Cheryl, are you still with us? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I'm here in spirit. My favorite thing I learned tonight is how many presidents are inside of Spaceship Earth. I didn't know. And I think there's more than what we've heard. I think that if you look at them, you probably will find more presidents than we've mentioned. Really? It's not Steve Wozniak at all. It's actually Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) It's George Washington, our founding father of the internet. (laughs) I wish George Washington was in the computer room and he had yellow leggings on his <laughs> <laughs> oh boy right wouldn't that be the best oh sure of course <laughs> all right everyone i think that was spaceship earth as we know it and as we love it right now on this our spaceship earth <sighs> maybe maybe i could be the narrator guys yes please i don't know 20 minutes mind. of my voice People who listen to us for two hours, I don't know how you do it. (laughs) I was going to say, if people can't handle 20 minutes, then who's listening to this? (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.